But anyhow, so yeah, Mara wanted to start a podcast, which I think is kind of like it's called Forward Focus of the PWHL. When's the last time we've been together for seven years? When have I ever asked you to sit down and watch a men's hockey game with me? Ever. Never. How excited was I when the games were on last night? <laughs> Before we get into all of that, though, so like, pretend we're courting like we did back in the day. Tell me, courting. Tell me about your your resume, your hockey resume. So I've been coaching. I think this is my eleventh year coaching. Um, never coached. Is in, it really? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's eleven years now. <laughs> um, going to year eleven, so halfway to retirement, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah so anyhow so I mean I played until um, I played in the year after I I went to the coast for a little bit tried to go to the coast um, during 2012 when the lockout happened that would kind of shut that down I got a coaching after that I was fortunate to get a coaching back where I played juniors in Hampton Roads where I where I met you obviously Uh, I was fortunate again to move work with the pro hockey team at their time and had a relationship there. A a lucky bounce. Am I using that term? Yeah, that would be a lucky bounce or right place, right time, I suppose. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and then obviously, you know, I I got into coaching from there. Um, Coach as an assistant coach for four years in Hampton. Mm -hmm. I believe it was four years before moving out to Wisconsin, my first head coaching job in lacrosse. From there, I went to North American League. Uh, We had our daughter, we went back to Virginia. Went to the NCDC uh, last year, um, and now we're back here in Wisconsin to, to be here hopefully a long time. So, so USPHL, so I coach USPHL, NA three, North American League, NCDC. Um, yeah, so in eleven we like years, we like the NA three. They're all they're all good. I mean, they're, all, they're all just living. The hockey landscape has changed even since I got into it, like pretty much dramatically in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but I've been doing it 11 years now, and it's been a blast. Yeah. Um, been fortunate to work with some really amazing individuals and some amazing players. Um, so yeah, to save time, that's the gist <laughs> of my my resume. And boo, no one gets to hear about boys hockey. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> so it's not why we're here. Um, well. I like to say we're a hockey power couple, but that's a little misleading. Mm. I run the media for your team, which I really enjoy doing. Um, before I met you, I didn't know what ice hockey was. I'm from Virginia, so we don't... I mean, we can't even claim the Capitals because that's D.C. I'm from the most southeastern point of Virginia where there's just... I couldn't even believe there was a junior team where I was from. No one plays hockey. Um so when you buff guy came up, he's like, ooh, play hockey. I'm like, you're a real hottie, but I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, that means that's me. You're short. <laughs> it must keep you fit. Um, so I think through this process, I'd like to learn more about hockey and encourage fans who want to support the PWHL but don't necessarily understand where to get started being a fan in the sport. It's like like most people end up being football fans, right? Because they grew up and their parents put it on every Sunday and you mm-hmm. inherit that team and you learn about it through absorption. It's just a part of your family's culture. And I never had that with hockey. So I learned through talking with billet parents. I learned through running your team's media. I learned through listening to you on phone calls with colleges and like the back end of the industry, which is a really interesting perspective 
to get not only like the on ice stuff but everything i mean you don't get that insight unless you're in the business right and some of the players don't even get the industry stuff i'm sure most of them don't yeah you probably get a you get a behind the doors look at all the conversations i'm having with either advisors players or schools and most of your kids have advisors so your kids are paying someone so they don't see the industry stuff either they have someone who makes that phone call for them so it's That's a really, like, interesting take I want to bring into this podcast is we don't understand the women's hockey industry because it's brand new. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to get your opinion on, like, where you think it'll go, how you think it'll work, like, how it's going to change the landscape of girls hockey, girls high school hockey, college hockey, like, if fans are going to get more excited about college hockey now. Like, I admittedly didn't keep up with it, but that might be changing now because I've been really excited about this professional women's league. and. I was just reading some of the bios and I, two of the players were like graduated from UW Minnesota in 2023, like just straight out of college again, right right place, right time. A professional women's league opened up like the year after they graduated. These girls, they had like 2000 birth years. It's like, Oh my God. Like, yeah. I mean, I was, I was looking through some of the rosters and there's, you have some women who are former Olympians for especially like uh, Canada and the U S and so like, they're, they're obviously the age difference is very different versus some of these girls um, coming right out of college. So that, that is interesting, I will yeah. say. But I think the, the forward focus of today is, you know, there's six teams right now. Like you said, there's uh, – it's not Boston. It's Massachusetts, right? We go by states. Yeah, they, they do state names. But they're out of Boston. Yeah. So Massachusetts, Montreal, Toronto, Minnesota, and New York, right? Yeah, well – Team out of Massachusetts is called it's Boston. They called the Boston yeah. Wick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wicked, Boston Wicked. Um, clever name. Yeah. So because you only have six teams right now, twenty-four season game, right? And I'm not a big fan of comparing this new realm of sports to men's hockey, but just for reference, professional men's hockey is how many games this season? I think they play eighty-two, and there's thirty-two teams on the NHL. Right. I probably should know all that off the top of my head, but I. Keep track of it. We have two kids. You don't have time to watch hockey. Yeah, anymore. I mean, they're, but they're they're vastly different. Even like I was talking to you beforehand, and one of the biggest things I kind of, I mean, I because I I'm always watching video, whether it's junior hockey or NHL clips mm-hmm. or whatever it may mm-hmm. be, um, a lot of college clips, and just the first thing you you know I take away is just the size difference. You know, like you know, I was looking at the average size for the players in this mm-hmm. league is five seven one fifty. But, okay, before we go back to the 24-season game, and sorry to jump around here, I'm new with this. Sure. Um, I, you gave your resume. I didn't, I didn't get mine. I, we, we got a little sidetracked. But um, I obviously don't have a hockey background, but I have a background in things that are very much male-dominated. I um, was a firefighter for a couple of years and still have my certifications. I was a competitive strongman for many, many years until moving around just got too much to keep up with it. And I remember one time I was in a competition that I'd been training for months for. And one of the things we needed to do was lift concrete stones onto a platform that was taller than my body mm-hmm. and about three to four times my body weight. And also I was about six months postpartum with our daughter. And one of the things that was said to me, and I won't say who said it to me, um, may or may not be in this room, 
was watching the men do it was so much more fun than watching the women do it. But when you break it down by number, the ratio of what the men were lifting compound, like strong men are, they're big boys, okay? Some of them are, what, like lightweight for strong men, I think is like 220. That's the lightest category weight you can be. A lot of them are over 300 pounds. So them lifting a 300 pound stone it's not really that impressive, but when these women are lifting two, three, three and a half times their body weight above their head, mind you, because men platforms are the same as women's platforms. A lot mm-hmm. of them are taller. It may look cooler because yeah, the think, stone yeah. said 300 pounds, but me at 130 lifting 175 over my head. Yeah, to I think, me, I think Brian Shaw's six, seven. Yeah. To me, it's a lot more impressive to watch the women. It may not be as cool because the weight isn't as large. But when you think about percentages and body weight and all of that, I'm way more impressed by what some of these women can do. Are the numbers as large? No, but that makes sense, right? Like, um, again, like just coming back to why I don't want to spend a lot of time throughout this series comparing men and women hockey because it's just – it doesn't help anything, right? They're two totally different animals. Um, anyway, um, spending a lot of time in, in industries that are male-dominated. You think firefighters, you don't. Luckily, now we're starting to think more about women. Um, but traditionally, that's not true. Strong man, it's called strong man. Like, we don't even really call it strong women competitions. When women are involved, it's still the sport of strong man, um, which is why i'm so jazzed about this league like i've traditionally never been interested in hockey even being married to a hockey coach for this will be five years we've been together for seven almost eight Mm -hmm. i like supporting your teams i like watching you coach but i'm never i've never been as invested as i am and excited as i am about this league but um you know 24 game season not in the interest of comparing men to women but much shorter season a lot fewer teams right? We've got six teams now. Do you think that's going to change over the years as this franchise hopefully continues to grow? Like, do you see a lot more teams coming on in the next year? Do you think it's going to be a three to five year thing? Like, do you think investors are going to be like, oh man, I got to get in on this. And, you know, maybe we see Pete Townsend. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's no different. You know, there's a reason their original six teams is in the original six markets for the NHL was originally NHL. So, you know, I think it's going to be very similar to the birth of, of that. Um, you know, we look at, this is going way back to like, you know, Maurice Richard, for example, where like hockey players weren't paid a ton of money there. You know, they had sometimes to work two jobs to play professionally. Um, you know, the big thing back then was about like French Canadian players, like, you know, English is the language of the NHL. So, even players over in Europe learn English if they're going to play in that league. It's mm-hmm. like English is a language of business, mm-hmm. um, the language of NHL. So that was a big thing at, at that time was like coaches starting to speak French because mm. there were so many French players, but it was kind of a taboo thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's similar as far as like infancy of that way. I mean, if I'm an investor, I think it's a no-brainer to jump into, like just sort of the success that it's had. Um, and it's only, it's only been, what, three weeks now? Three weeks. But the games were really exciting. I mean, you know, I think – was 13,000 people were at the Minnesota game, so it set a record already. And the previous high was 7,700-something fans in Sweden. This was, like, years ago. They they almost doubled it. 
almost doubled it. Yeah. And that was in Minnesota, too, I believe. So. Yeah, it was. Um, so I think the league is, you know, I don't know how fast the growth is going to come by by any means, but I do I do think it's going to, I don't, I think it's going to grow relatively quickly. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. again, like women's hockey right now, it's a huge market. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a big emerging market in youth sports, at least for the hockey industry. Um, and like most things, if there's money involved and money to be made, people are going to support it. Mm-hmm. And I think just seeing the early success that this is having, um, I, I would imagine it's, it's going to grow. You know, yeah. whether, whether it's able to compete in the same marketplace as some of these NHL teams, probably not necessarily, but like it's a good, and if it does, it's, it's, it's good, it's a good see. sister program to go with a lot of these. And I think the biggest thing to me, and you know, with us having a daughter, um, you know, we had always talked about originally, like, and I always wanted just to try hockey, just to try it. And you were like, well, she can't ever do anything with it. But now. Yeah, there's such a glass ceiling. Like, I always, my position was always, why, well, I always said, why let her get knocked around? And you said, there's no checking in girls hockey. But also, you would say you were going to teach her how to hit, you know? Yeah, and, there, and there's contact in women's right. hockey. And and there, if, but there's contact in non-checking, like, youth hockey, too. It's, and I think it's undertaught because different your view of what contact is and checking but if you're going to teach her how to hit she better expect to get hit back right so my position was always why let her get knocked around when how far is she going to take it okay you spend so much money and that's a whole different podcast or video investing in junior hockey it is not cheap it's just not cheap and it's not a secret it's not a cheap thing to get into in, in general right girls boys doesn't matter um, so you invest all this money to what get college scholarships that amount to what you invested in junior hockey in the first place. So like, did they have fun? Great. But like, that's thousands and thousands of dollars of fun. If there's no room or no, even like no option of playing pro hockey, why for that was always my take. Yes, it's yeah. fun. Yes, she well, learns team I, th- I think values, the path is like... different. Like, the you know, originally the ultimate goal for these women are to play for, like, their Olympic teams for their countries. Right. Um, you you get compensated, don't get me wrong. What percentage of women playing hockey are going to go off to be Olympians, right? Like, there was just the amount of opportunity was so minute and so minuscule. And this has me wanting to let our daughter, like, if she wants to play hockey, I'd be way more on board with it now because she has these role models, Right. And that's huge. That's huge to see women doing this and like the frontier of it. Yeah. Is awesome. Yeah, I mean I think it's exciting and you know, I think hopefully I'm sure a lot of a lot of these women have been kind of prepped with this mindset, but they are like, you know, you you talk about shattering shattering the glass ceiling. Um it is. I mean it's it's creating in a whole nother place. And I think, you know, more so than anything like that, but like I think it would do wonders for the game of hockey mm-hmm. um you know girls hockey has been growing it's the highest growing i think sport in the u.s but now with this going on i think there's gonna be like we, i'm sure if you watch usa hockey numbers next year when they take them mm-hmm. as far as like like registers yeah like i think there's gonna be a massive rush mm-hmm. of girls playing the sport because of this that's so that to me take. that that's pretty I and mean, that's like organically just gonna drive the industry itself so i think just because this is going on the success that I've seen so far, um, 
I mean, even like when you watch, when we were watching last night, one of the things I was looking for was like when the camera went to fans, like who was at the game, and it was primarily like, like a lot of these young girls. girls. Yes. So, yeah, I think because of that, like a is going to help the game of hockey grow the game of hockey mm-hmm. um, for for boys and girls, but I think for girls especially, it's going to do wonders yeah. for it. There were two things that caught me like right in the feels, and you know, like how like kids will stand at the VIP area and knuckle bump your kids and they're about to go onto mm-hmm. the ice. The players were walking out of the dressing room down a hallway and they had this group of like, they must've been like eight to 12 years old, like three on each side. Just, I was just the cutest, mm-hmm. most amazing. It wasn't even cute. It was just like a, a real moment. Right. Um, for both sides, like the players and the little girls, because those players were those little girls at one point in time. Mm-hmm. And also when, you know how they'll do like team arrivals, right? That's like the new thing you see on social media is, you know, you come dressed to impress. One of them walked in with her baby. Like one of these players walked in baby in tow, and I was just like, oh, that's so <laughs> I've been trying not to swear this whole time, but that's cool, man. That's really cool. Um, so I certainly hope, because realistically, if you think about it, 24 game season, if you're playing two games a week, right? Cause I've seen a lot of the schedule is Wednesdays and Sundays or Wednesdays and Saturdays. Mm. Um, let's say you play some two games, two game weeks, some one game weeks, but that's like January through March. Really? Uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Pretty so much. I almost feel like the blink of an eye and it's over. Right. And I'm sure maybe like if there's a postseason, it's a little bit in April. Right. Mm-hmm. But that, that's quick, you know, especially you get so wrapped up into it. Like, I I definitely have a future in hoping more teams, longer seasons. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, with them announcing the league and this summer they had the draft, um, this summer was basically their signing period for the most part. Mm-hmm. It was a 15-round draft um, they did. So I think just the timing of trying to put everything together, like, you probably can do, like, know a heavy game schedule necessary in year one Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you go back to the original birth of you know way back in the original six is very similar Mm -hmm. short season that was partly because everyone was working during summertime so um so i I think that'd be a big part of it but yeah i mean i I imagine like as i see success you know you know success for the sponsors and whatnot Mm -hmm. um if there's money to be made they're definitely going to support it i also think part of it was like they didn't want to compete against college hockey so I think that might have been part of like why they started the season where it is, where you know college hockey is still going on, but they're not you're not bumping into the start of it necessarily, mm-hmm. or football for the most part. Well, that and you're fighting with rink space too. Like New York is playing out of the same stadium the Islanders are in, not stadium, but same yeah. rink the Islanders. That's why they're playing Wednesday. And there's Sundays, only so I'm much. Sure. There's only so much ice time. Um, there's that, and God, speaking of like. You were talking about French Canadians back in the old NHL days where you had to work two jobs. I think it's Minnesota. I saw it. I've been, like, stalking these girls' Instagram pages. They probably think I'm a loon. But one of them, and I think it was in Minnesota, she's a full-time nurse. She's a full-time nurse and playing, like, the inaugural season of pro hockey, women's pro hockey. And I just, like, mm-hmm. like I, I just had to double-take with that. I mean, it's... Hopefully it, this just grows and grows to a point where I hope she loves being a nurse. I hope it's her dream and her calling. But like, if she wanted to walk away from that and just be a pro women's player, like I hope one day that's an option for all of these women, right? Like, that's the kind of growth I want to see, where you can just can just be. 
I mean, you've been a pro athlete and tried to be a pro athlete in order to do it and be successful. Your training is like your career, right? Everything you do, Mm -hmm. your rest, your recovery, how you eat, like you have to put everything into it. Having another full-time job on top of that, or God forbid, like, could you imagine having a new baby while you were trying to put everything into training to be a pro athlete? Mm -hmm, Sure. (laughs) We're tired. We have two kids and we're tired. (laughs) Could you imagine having your job as a coach? training to be an athlete and these kids keeping us up all night long. That's what some of these women are doing. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, again, and I wasn't in that word long enough to really speak in depth about it, but yeah, I mean, if you're a professional athlete, it's 24 seven. And again, the other part of it is, and I don't know if they think that's the case in this league right now. It's like, you never know when you might be getting moved too. Uh, that's kind of the way it is in the coaching world too. I think that's true for every athlete, like at any sort of, level from junior on right yeah. you're always like but I, but I think for these women if they go down this path um you just have to have good good support mm-hmm. good good family support especially you know if they're starting families so they have their own kids mm-hmm. and you see a lot of guys in you know in, in pro hockey have to balance that it's a tough you know from the conversation the individuals i know who who played the game like it's it's a really tough balance to have because you're spending more time with your team than your family yeah but again, a whole different podcast, a whole different conversation. Those men are getting paid to make that well, balance worth it, right? Like at the NHL level, you go to the A or the East Coast League or even the SPHL. Yeah, I'm talking like, about like I'm talking, different. Right, right, right. They're still trying to make it work, and you That's know fair. they're making forty five thousand a year, so it's mm-hmm. part of the struggle, the grind of getting to where you might want to get. But yeah, um, yeah it's. That's another it's a idea top we, industry. we need to jot down is like the divorce rate of hockey coaches. That's, that's yeah, I don't think that would be a good good stat <laughs> to bring up. We're together forever. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good stat to bring up. That, uh, the balance is hard. It's really hard. I mean, yeah. this industry, this field, you have to give it everything and you have to really be with someone. I mean, we've been together for seven years and we moved five times. Like. Mm-hmm humble brag but like thank your lucky stars you found a woman who would put up with that nonsense like we move like we're in the military except more frequently and we don't get free health care <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot of demanding i just couldn't believe like these women are mothers they're pro athletes they're making history they've got full-time jobs like we have to be pros <laughs> i don't say that like to be silly like yeah, but I think it's, you know, it, it's good that they're in the spotlight for, especially some of these older women playing for some of these teams that, you know, are multi, you know, whether it's Team USA or, or Canada gold medalists. What um, is it, the one they call her Captain Clutch? Is she, like, she's, I think, Montreal's top goal scorer. Yeah, um, she was their first overall draft. I think I she's one of, the, one of the older, I think she's in her 30s, mm-hmm. 30, especially 30, I think. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I think for some of these women who are older and had to kind of wait for this opportunity for this league to start up, I mean, I think it's really special for them. Um, and we'll say older with air quotes. Like, I don't mean to say 30 is old. 30 is not old. Like, in professional sports, it's getting there. So, <laughs> um, well, at least at least in hockey. Uh, I guess, yes, from a professional athlete standpoint, yes. But in general. But I, where I was level. going with that was, I think for some of these women who have, have kind of been waiting around and really like 
you know, it's, it's, it's so different compared to the girl who's just coming out of, you know, college, Minnesota's yeah. first overall pick just came out of college. Mm-hmm. Was that, um, that wasn't Grace, that was Tice. Taylor, yeah, Tice. Yeah, so it's a goal. She won player of the game from Wednesday. She's a very good player. Um, yeah, she's some really nice goals there. But, you know, for her coming, just going right out of college to have that opportunity versus some of these women who have been, you know, they haven't had that. They've been able to play in the Olympic team whatnot, yeah. but, like, they haven't been able to be, quote-unquote, a yeah. professional. Or they've had to go over to Europe or over to Asia to play yeah. professionally. It's that classic thing. Like, if I've seen the view of the mounts because I've stand on the shoulders of, like, the giants before me type mm-hmm. thing, like, they, they paved the way. And I'm sure, like... I'm sure that this idea has been trying to come to fruition for years, right? This didn't just happen. This has been the labor of a lot of people. Like, it didn't just get dropped into our laps. And so I'm sure a lot of these quote-unquote older athletes have been just literally waiting, I'm sure, at least for the last three years, if not five. Like, putting together something like this didn't happen in in six months. I'm, I'm certain of it, unless you have a really good team behind it all. Um, yeah. but it's a lot of moving parts and pieces across multiple countries so i'm sure there's been buzz about it you know in women's hockey for quite a while yeah it's a long time coming they, and they've tried to do it in the past um but if you look at like where you know as far as women's hockey goes like where college hockey is right now mm-hmm. success of that um even the prep school route high school route you know there's women triple a hockey now like just where, where the game is right now with women's hockey and, and the amount of opportunities there are to play in advance. Um, there's even, you know, there's even some junior women's leagues now. And I don't know a, a ton of bunch that that's relatively new, mm-hmm. and at least in the, in the hockey world. But, like, now there's, you know, it used to be for most women, like, once they're out of high school, they have to go to college. But now there's an opportunity for them, kind of like men, to have the two years necessarily of two or whatever years it may be of growth before you go to school mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. definitely not as much as in men's hockey like you kind of have to in the men's hockey unless you're pretty something pretty special yeah. but just because the game has grown with that so much like it kind of like was almost leading up to this being a possibility and you know again i think i'm sure they want to make sure that when they did this they did the right way so they had a really good effect so it came out of door yeah mm-hmm. so they could only grow on it and that they didn't want to you know, run out of gate here and fall on their face. Yeah, because um, it's almost if you did that when you try to do it, if you try to do it again, like, you know what I mean? It's like it, it had to be successful if they were going to launch it. And yeah. it has, thankfully. Yeah, and, and again, like, the games are really exciting too. I mean, um, there's, lots of, there's lots of physical play. There's lots of content. I like some of the rule changes they did to make the game. A, I think it makes the game more productive, but I just think it, it makes it more exciting for fans, more engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's, there was a couple of little, little tumbles, little tussles we saw there. <laughs> yeah, they're not fights, but some scrums. Yeah. But no, again, like, we'll, and that's we'll the biggest thing, I think. Cheap. Yeah, a little cheap. But I think that's the biggest thing when, you know, and this is probably going to be the hardest thing from like a traditional fan market that when they watch these games, it's part of the reason I think it makes it so exciting. It's like these women are so competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I don't think probably for like, you know, maybe I use myself for example, a traditional man's approach. I didn't expect that watching a women's game. You don't necessarily expect that a women's game to be that that competitive, that feisty. I'm just saying, like I'm sure, like traditional majority, man's. I'm sure that's where a lot of a lot of guys are coming from out there. But like when I watch the game, I think like you can see the competitive edge in the play. 
Yeah, they're um, and that's and that makes it exciting to watch. They're top tier athletes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just like they're compete on on plays, um, and you can tell like they've got some really good high level coaching going mm. on. So and they, so the games are really exciting. And I think for for a fan who's never watched hockey, they can turn that on and watch it, and you can see that, and you can see the energy from the players. And that's you know that's exciting yeah. to watch. I'm John Bancroft, Mario Bancroft here on the first podcast. Thank you for joining us. Um, it's an exciting conversation. We look forward to having more into the years out here. Nice to meet you. you got it.